It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen and this is the Harvard Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I am co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Hello Bob, how are you today? Good morning Jennifer. Normally this is where I complain about something. True. Um, or what grinds my gears, but today I'm going to shut up and um, we're going to break the cardinal rule of broadcasting. We're going to have dead air. Um, but what the heck, it's our show. Yeah, we can not? do whatever we want. And maybe um, we'll add, uh, add to, to it by doing so. Um, Memorial Day weekend, people who gave um, the ultimate, made the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a moment of silence. And for those that tune in during it, I think you'll know to think for that moment. So we're going to just give a, a silent tribute and our thoughts for a second for our great men and women who, um, again, gave all for us. Okay, God bless them all. And Bill Paris, I know you're up there saying that's the only time it was okay with me for dead air, to have dead air, because um, you was such a patriot um, and gave so much to our national defense while you were here with us. So, God bless them all. And who do we have on the show today? Uh, today we have uh, Johnny Boker. He is the chair of the Harford County Commission on Veterans Affairs and uh, uh, a patriot in his own right. Served our country for over 30 years in the military. Amen. Amen. And uh, uh, I haven't met Johnny, but the people I know that know him um, say he is the real thing and um, really gives so much uh, to, the, to the cause. So that is great. Yeah, I'm excited. I think we have some things to get to first, right? Well, we're going to do some trivia. All right, we can do some trivia. Yeah, let's uh, humble me to start this. All right. Well, uh, let's start with just something random. has nothing to do with anything important. Just uh, facts floating in my brain. Good. So, Jumpman, originally, was the name of which Nintendo mascot? Oh, my God. Jumpman, right. Jumpman? Yes. Um... Mario. Yes. Oh, it sure see, was. sometimes it's the easiest one. Right. And as an as an Italian, I have <clears> to <throat> say, I prefer the names Mario and Luigi, you know, than Jumpman. Well, you know, it's funny. My wife is Italian as well, and she pronounces it Mario, which is the right way to pronounce <laughs> it. But most of us say Mario. That's right. <laughs> uh, what? And and I because of my son mm -hmm. and the uh, eleven million hours I spent playing. Uh, uh, donkey Kart or Mario Kart with him. I know there's Wario and um, Yoshi and that princess. Mm -hmm. um, and I really probably shouldn't know those characters, but I do because he. I don't think I ever beat him because he knew all the cheats. Yes. Yeah, that's the only way I ever beat a game <laughs> by cheating. Um, 
what planet-destroying device did the Rebels have to destroy in Star Wars? Um, the Death Ray. Close. The Death Star. The Death Star. Okay. Yeah. Well, the device actually right. was the ray. I could give you that. Because <laughs> the Death Star on its own just sort of floated right. around. Right. I get you. Right. Just like, a, a, you know, a, a um, an anti-plane device is not the machine gun turret. It's the machine gun. That would be correct. Okay. All right, you got me on that. <laughs> well, we, we were just talking about ordnance, so. <laughs> uh, what vitamin is known as the sunshine vitamin? Uh, C or A? C or A? A. D. D. <laughs> um, yep. That's yep. exactly what was going to be my third guess. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was looking that up um, just to see if I get enough vitamin D. And um, So there's no food uh, that will supplement... Uh, the amount of vitamin D that you should have to be healthy, it really is just sunshine. So you can take you can take vitamin supplements and you can eat foods, but really the the best source is just to go out in the sunshine. I wonder the suicide rate so high in Scandinavia. Right, not enough sun. I don't know. I just probably offended <laughs> a, zillions of people, and I act, there was no logical basis to that statement because right. they do have sun there. Right. I don't know if their suicide rate is high. Right. So dis <clears throat> disclaimer, that was all Bob. I had nothing that was to do all, with that. It was all <laughs> fake news. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go with uh, what nationality was composer Ludwig van Beethoven? Austrian. German. German. Oh, he moved to Austria. Or maybe, yeah. Okay, well, Germany, Austria. Oh, Mozart was Austrian. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, this was interesting. On what device was Alexander Graham Bell working, which led him to his invention of the telephone? Mm. 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 I used to know this. Actually, he was working on a device where you put two um, oatmeal cartons, attach them with strings so you could talk to each other <laughs> in different rooms. Was that it, maybe? Um, I mean, close. A, a battery. He was working on a battery. No, he was actually working on the hearing aid. Oh, okay. Um, and so the hearing aid was, um, the carbon transmitter was patented in 1898 by um, Miller-Reese Hutchinson. Um, but it was, um, you know, they've had different variations on hearing aids, you know, using rocks or seashells or, or whatnot, you know, forever. But... Um, but he was trying to come up with his own version, and, and I guess inspiration struck. And supposedly that he, he did spill acid, and he said, Watson, come here, I need you. And that was the first message. Because they, they had this thing on, mm -hmm. and they were ready to test it, and he spilled acid. And Watson was in the other room or wherever, and he heard come here I need you so that was the first uh, um, interesting it is interesting. I think it was Watson yes let's say it was Watson <laughs> let's just make it up exactly um, what country gave birth to margarine in 1869 and this surprised me margarine yes margarine um, England it was France oh I I thought that was the obvious answer, so I didn't give it. And see, I feel like it's not obvious because they're so in love with butter. 
you know, Julia Child, and she went and studied in France, and that's kind of where she got her love of, of butter from. And I would not think that they would come up with a substitute for butter. Well, if, if anybody's going to invent a substitute for something, it's going to be someone who loves it. Because if they have to go without it, they'd rather have a substitute than something else. All That's right. my theory. Okay. I think it's a good one. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, all right, just a couple more. So what was the first NBA team named after a car part? Detroit Pistons. Yes, it was. Probably the only I think team it was probably the only one. Cause it was I Detroit. have one for you. Okay. Name the two NBA teams whose name has nothing to do with where they're located. It has everything to do with where they were located. Well, uh, basketball's not really my sport, so I'm going to go with um, the Cavaliers. Nope. Okay. They were always in Cleveland. And the Chicago Bulls. Nope. Okay. Um, the Utah Jazz. Okay. Because they were in New Orleans. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And the Los Angeles Lakers. Because they used to be the Minneapolis Lakers. Oh, that's right. Minnesota is the land of a million lakes or whatever. Right. And it definitely made sense in both of their original locations. That's a good point. And name the only two baseball teams that don't end in the letter S. Uh, There's there's no way I'm going to get that one. There's too many baseball teams. Red Sox and White Sox. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> and they should end in S. They just yes. misspelled them. Well, <laughs> this is true. All right, one more, because I thought this was super interesting. Uh, what was the former name of Times Square before being renamed in 1904? Um, was it also named for a um, newspaper? No. What's the, what's the first letter? L. L? Mm-hmm. It was named for London's Carriage District. Originally. Whoa. Right. Second letter. Oh. Um, it's two words. Um, oh, my God. Third letter? N. So it was Long Acre Square. Oh, my God. I never would have gotten it. I never would have gotten it either. But the, the interesting <clears throat> part was I never knew it was named, renamed for the New York Times. Well, um, most of the, um, a lot of the... The those junctions were named after the newspapers. Mm-hmm. It was partially, like Herald Square was the New York Herald. Right. Um, it was partially for promotion. Um, well, they said that. Um, and also, they would have the news up. They would post news items mm-hmm. up uh, at that square. Well, um, the the Times was moving locations, so they built that new building in what is now Times Square, and they were putting in a subway stop right in the basement of that new building, and so they were trying to come up with the name for the subway stop to indicate that it was going to go to the Times Square building, as opposed to any of the other subway stops on that street, and so they decided to just rename the whole thing. And then, you know, the the, the newspaper moved out, I think, maybe 10 years later, so it ended up sort of being irrelevant, but, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. If you ever get a show, well, it probably isn't there anymore. Um, I d- did a tour of the New York Times uh, print facility. As a matter of fact, it probably, I'm, I'm sure it definitely isn't there because this was back in the 70s and they had this, still had the offset typing, <coughs> etc. It's extremely interesting. Now I'm sh- sure it's all digital. Oh, I'm sure. 
Okay, is that that on the uh, the trivia? Yeah, that's it for today. I think we learned a little. We made up a little. Yeah. Um, I hope this doesn't um, isn't too drawn out, but this, uh, you know, towards our goal of this segment as far as education, um, I have something that is very interesting, and uh, I ask everyone to to judge how you would rule on this. So this is education on. Um, jurisprudence and ethics, uh, etc. Um, and I risk this taking a little too long, but it's fascinating. In 1994, the medical examiner uh, in San Diego viewed the body of a, a man, Ronald Opus, and concluded that he died from a shotgun wound to the head. The deceased had jumped from the top of a 10-story building intending to commit suicide. He left a note indicating his despondency. As he fell past the knife floor, his fall was interrupted by a shotgun blast through a window, which killed him instantly. <laughs> Neither the shooter nor the deceased was aware that a safety net had been erected at the 8th floor level to protect some window washers and that Opus would not have been able to complete his suicide because of this. Ordinarily, the medical examiner uh, said, a person who sets out to commit suicide ultimately succeeds, even though uh, uh, the mechanism might not be what he intended. That Opus was shot in the way to certain death nine stories below probably would not have changed his mode of death from suicide to homicide. But the fact that his suicidal intent would not have been successful because the medical examiner uh, caused the medical examiner to feel that he had a homicide on his hands because there was a net there. Right, because he wouldn't have been able to kill himself. Right. The room on the ninth floor, where the shotgun blast came from, was occupied by an elderly man and his wife. They were arguing, and he was threatening her with the shotgun. He was so upset that when he pulled the trigger, he completely missed his wife. Pellets went through the window, striking Opus on the way down. When one intends to kill Subject A, but kill Subject B in the attempt, one is guilty of the murder of Subject Subject, subject B, are they not? When confronted with this charge, the old man and his wife were both adamant that neither knew the shotgun was loaded. The old man said it was his long-standing habit to threaten his wife with the unloaded shotgun. <laughs> he had no intention of murdering her. Therefore, the killing of Opus appeared to be an accident. That is, the gun had been accidentally loaded. You with me? I'm with you. The continuing investigation turned up a witness who saw the old couple's son loading the shotgun approximately six weeks prior to the fatal incident. It transpired that the old lady had cut off her son's financial support, and the son, knowing the propensity of his father to use the shotgun threateningly, had loaded the gun with the expectation that his father would shoot his mother. The case now becomes one of the murder on the part of the son for the death of Ronald Opus. The final twist is that further investigation revealed that the son, mm -hmm. one Ronald Opus, <laughs> had become increasingly despondent over the failure of his attempt to engineer his mother's murder. <laughs> this led him to jump off the 10-story building, only to be killed by a shotgun blast through a 9-story window. <laughs> the medical examiner closed the case as a suicide. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I think that's called karma. Um, I don't know what it is, but I, I know a few attorneys that would uh, probably want to talk that one through. 
um, uh, for quite a while. It's like the one, does the leg space, who does the leg space in front of you on an airplane belong to? You or the person sitting in front of you? And we're going to see a lot more cases on this because there have been many acts of violence and fights on airplanes when someone reclines on the seat in front and the person, because the seats are so small now. Right. Actually, they came up with a device that you can place on the seat of front in front of you so it can't recline. And there have been fights over that. Yeah, that doesn't seem altogether legal. No, uh, but because you buy a seat, the seat reclines, it, you have the right, you so you own the right to recline. Even yes. if, though it's rude because you can't even work on your computer. You could barely read, you could barely fit a book in front of you. Mm -hmm. I can so, barely fit in the seat, let's just be honest. I mean, those are, those are some small areas. Oh, it's it's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I, that the fact that they have middle seats on cross-country flights is just, it, it, it amazes me. But, hey, we didn't, um, we didn't come over on um, slave ships or immigrant ships where it was, um, that people often didn't survive them. So I guess we're being a little spoiled. I, I think maybe we're a little spoiled. We, um, we can still be annoyed by it. Yes. But, but we're a little spoiled. Airlines are certainly um, getting their heads handed to them these days. Um, I think this is a um, part of it is a symptom of lack of competition. They just really do not seem to be training their folks on a true customer service culture. Um, let's stay on the law. Um, these are strange lawsuits. The plaintiff, Edna Hobbs, the defendant, the Joseph Company, maker of the clapper. Everyone knows what the clapper is. It, right. It's a device that activates appliances when someone claps. Hobbs filed suit because she had to clap so hard she injured her hand trying to get the appliance to go on. In fact, she was in so much pain she said, I couldn't peel potatoes. Adding, I never ate so many baked potatoes in my life. Um, the verdict? was care to rule on that judge i mean i would i would say don't eat potatoes but that's just beside the point case dismissed the judge ruled that hobbs had merely failed to adjust the sensitivity controls assuming that one knew that there were sensitivity controls. well there's in, there's instruction booklets all right well then. um they say things like you know iron don't don't use while the clothes are on you <laughs> Um, anyway, so that is, um, I just, I just hate these plaintiff, these ridiculous lawsuits. Yes, but those are fun. I, I could listen to those all day. I know, but I, I just don't like it, plaintiff attorneys being enriched and then saying, well, if we didn't sue that company, they'd still be harming consumers. There's other ways to, to protect consumers other than plaintiff attorneys making Hundreds of millions of dollars. But. Agreed. Okay. We'll do a little news. Okay. And then um, we will go to break. And um, actually, you know what we should do? Let us go to break now. And then uh, we'll do the news when we come back. That makes the most sense. Okay? All right. Sounds good. Okay. 
Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Okay, we are back, and uh, we have um, Johnny Boker with us uh, today on the phone, and he is the, uh, uh, the chairman of the Harford County Commission on Veteran Affairs, and uh, we are really happy to have him on this uh, incredibly important um, um, weekend and um, in honor of those that gave the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. Johnny, how are you? I'm doing fine this morning, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate the invite. Oh, we're happy to have you on. We appreciate your time. Um, since you're so modest, we're going to um, do a little um, uh, bio of you, because you wouldn't do it yourself if we asked you. Um, so um, you're going to have to put up with it. Uh, Johnny has over 30 years of leadership experience as a soldier with the U.S. Army. Mr. Boker serves as a civilian employee in the Department of Defense Weapons Acquisition Program in Aberdeen Proving Grounds, Maryland. He's a recent recipient of the Department of Defense Achievement Award for Leadership in Acquisition and Contract Management. Prior to his civilian career, Mr. Boker served in five armed conflicts, including uh, the Panama Invasion, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan. Mr. Boker's awards and decorations include the Legion of Merit, Bronze Star Medal, Meritorious Service Medal, Army Commendation Medal, Army Achievement Medal, uh, National Defense Service Medal, Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, Iraq Campaign Medal, Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, he continues to serve as local community as the chairman of the Harford County Commission on Veterans Affairs, post-47 American Legion member, uh, secretary of the Susquehanna Maritime Museum in Havard of Grace. Um, and um, oh, we'll stop now because we're embarrassing you, I'm sure. Uh, so really, really haven't been doing much over the past uh, 30 years, have you, Johnny? <laughs> No, no, not not. Uh, once you was uh, reading that, I I thought, wow, I really need to slow down. Uh, <laughs> wow, where do I find the time? Well, thank um, you, thank you for all of it. And um, tell us, uh, you know, a little. Uh, tell us about the commission on veteran affairs. Let's start there. <clears throat> well, the commission, uh, the this particular commission, um, county commission on veterans affairs was actually the first one of its kind in uh, Maryland. And you probably think the county executive, Barry Glassman, and Billy Boniface, and, and, and all those guys up there on the county council for actually developing, keeping it strong, I should say. Um, they have a, the, the charter is, of course, to, it's an outreach program. They have a, an entire staff of like 14 
uh, people on the commission and all what they do it's it's strictly volunteer I've got West Point graduates I've got 11 bravos just straight infantry per- personnel re- retired colonels and retired majors and so on and so forth so I had this I had this huge pool of knowledge and uh, it's a big think tank um, that we can generate ideas so we can actually pre- uh, perform outreach and bond together uh, the VSOs of Hartford County, the veteran veteran service organizations, so that if we're if we are approached often uh, by veterans who need who 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 maybe need assistance in education or uh, oh my gosh, just a just a plethora of things, and 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 we're we're armed with all this information. So essentially, our charter um, is basically to just research, assemble, and analyze, disseminate information, educational materials related to different veteran service organization activities and programs that overall assist uh, the needs of the veterans, and not just the veterans, but their families as well. Um, We also provide uh, advisement to the county executive and county council on different statuses of the different programs and services that are in the state. Um, there's one such that I just found out a couple of days ago. I'm actually really, really happy that that I found this out. It's called Heroes on the Water. Um, it's a .org, and I'm trying to figure out some more about this uh, program so I can get the word out to other veterans who are actually already in our proverbial gene pool, if if you will. We've got about five, six hundred, five to six hundred people right now um, that we engage, um, that we have engaged just over this this year alone. This is my second year as a chairman. So um, we approach uh, different uh, per- personnel on the street, whether that be at a parade or at a first Friday um, in, within Hartford County, and we wear T-shirts and logos that actually, you know, that, that we people can recognize us as being on the Veterans Commission. And um, I never address myself as, you know, retired mass sergeant or, you know, retired colonel or this, kind of leave rank out of the equation. And uh, just refer to different people as brothers and sisters, and they really open up to you. And and a lot of the things I I got to tell you, a lot of things are really just a quick fix. Uh, just point people in the right direction. And uh, I just love it. I love volunteering, and uh, I love what I do. I just can't say enough, uh, you know, enough about it. So uh, on that note, um, uh, let's start with you know what's available. Um, how and then we're going to talk about what what's missing. Um, do you think there's still an? Uh, you said you just discovered this heroes on the water. Do you think there's a lot of services that are available where we still have a lot of work to do um, to get the word out to our veterans? Um, is there similar efforts in other counties um, for this? Um, what can you tell the folks about what anybody can can do to help uh, make that well, connection? And that's a great point because um, the uh, other counties are actually they actually have stood up the, the veterans commission, um, and and although I, I I try to reach out to them to try to garner different ideas you know from them you know uh, you know they can help us and we can help them type type of uh, of thing um, to 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 get ideas together. But there's a lot of veteran service organizations out there, and, and be, me being a veteran as well and working with the Army, I find new organizations all the time, which, <clears throat> and they're great organizations. Um, 
some some small and some, and some large, but they all have their heart in the right spot. I've got uh, uh, suits for suits for warriors when they transition out out of the military. Um, there's a uh, suit program that you can actually go and actually get uh, some dress suits for your first interview, for your job interview. There's, um, when, you know, the transition assistance is, is a huge program, and there's lots of different spinoffs of the transition program, uh, counseling methods and things like that. Uh, what could the community do um, at at large is to, People know people, and especially in Harford County, there's such a huge um, demographic of veterans in Harford County. You're looking at maybe 24, 25%. Now, that's huge for Harford County alone. I don't know if it's because of the military association with with the water, with the naval, and with the Aberdeen Proving Ground and so forth, but somebody knows somebody who's a veteran and maybe are in need of something. And quite typically, a veteran really won't, reach out to anybody um, because as soldiers, airmen, marines, and so forth, we are trained to take care of ourselves, so to speak. So that's what we kind of do. We kind of come in there and, and we greet people and we have it, we have as much information as we can on different <clears throat> flyers. And a lot of times people will read these flyers and something will hit home for them. Um, even something as small as being able to put the word veteran on your Maryland driver's license. Um, that's actually a thing. I was talking uh, just uh, recently at a retirement appreciation fair to a Mr. Uh, to, to to the commission of the Maryland Veterans Commission, the, the whole state commission, and he was telling me. He said, "You know, you can get this on your driver's license, and they're the ones who actually push that through, so that uh, and, and in some places it's recognized through through those who actually give discounts for veterans. So you don't have to be a retired vet, you know, a, a retired guy. You can serve faithfully for a couple of years, whatever the case is. Everybody has a different life life situation, but then you can actually get your discharge paperwork, go to the MVA, and actually get your license renewed for free. There's no charge, and get veteran placed on your license. It's a whole different. Uh, uh, Set of, set of set of a uh, licensing, but um, a lot of folks don't know that. I didn't know about it myself, so uh, I'm educating myself and trying to educate the populace uh, as well. Some of the things I can run down a list. Some of the things that we really do, we we try to recognize all the Gold Star Mothers recognition. Right now, we're working on a memorial for Harford County, and uh, we're actually putting it in Haverford Grace, not because I live there, but because there's a great place for it in Haverford Grace near uh, the American Legion. And that's, of course, to uh, to honor the uh, Jesse Melton. His mother, of course, is the uh, president of the the Gold Star. And uh, so we're going to put this Gold Star monument there to honor the actual family members. Um, we Gold Star, actually, we do a Memorial Day representation, so this weekend will be pretty busy for the commission as we go out there and perform outreach. Um, uh, re- retirement Day that I just mentioned, uh, we got fl- we got Flag Day, U.S. Army birthday coming up, where we always have a presence there, always have a veteran come up and approach us, veterans with PTSD, and we work alongside Maryland Conser- Conservatory of Music to try to thwart the stigma of PTSD or what we like to call shell shock um, through music therapy. Uh, we're working on veterans courts meetings uh, with the judge and staff of Harford County that we can actually uh, uh, hopefully stand up one day of veterans court where courts will recognize a veteran 
uh, maybe if they if they're in court for something that's veteran related or PTSD related that caused whatever the reason that they're there for um, outreach. Um, to well, last year I can report 2016, 327 veterans in Hartford County, and I also uh, we we talked to 623 that we actually didn't log in a name or didn't ask them for for, for their name. People who just were looking for information. Um, and and where uh, was this no, on? A, a, was this on a hotline or? Uh, and what is that number that? Um how how do uh, how can vets and and all of us who who know vets, where do we send them? Um, uh, uh, good question. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest things um, is where is is where you can actually send send a veteran is um, basically directly to. And then let's see here if I can if I can give you some some better information. We we do have there. There are several different hotlines, and right now I don't have them right in front of me now. I apologize. Let's see. Okay. Well, what we'll do is, um, uh, you know, you can um, we can talk a after this, and what we'll sure. do is we'll announce it on the show over, uh, over the next several weeks. Um, because as you as you said, uh, probably all of us are connected to at least one, and probably all the vets are connected to at least one of us. Um, so we'll, we're, we're happy to get that word out. Uh, so it's a start, um, for those, uh, to the extent that there are services that, um, a lot of our vets aren't aware of and, um, could be, could make a huge difference in their lives. So uh, we'll, uh, make a point of uh, that once, uh, we'll go over that with you and getting them, uh, the word out on how, how they can make contact, um, et cetera. Uh, on things like that. Um, uh, by the way, are you aware? Um, I'm sure you are. The uh, on the note of the things that we just haven't been aware of, the Perry Point, what the library is doing. Um, uh, about a year ago, I found out about um, that Perry Point is taking in, has a wish list and is uh, taking um, uh, donations of uh, toiletries and duffel bags and suitcases and other daily items um, for vets up at the VA Medical Center. And um, uh, Mary Hassler and her team, uh, Jennifer here, and um, realized it, and they put together this uh, drive where there's a collection point in all of the library branches from now uh, through the end of May. And we've been a number of things collected already. Um, and. Um, my wife Cindy, who you know, um, who was the public information officer and a, head, a director of community affairs for the county, wanted me to tell you that uh, she shared, uh, she put that post on the Harford County Government Facebook page about what people can donate at the libraries, and 56 people shared it. 7,000 people saw it. So she said, uh, she knew I was going to be interviewing today. She said, tell Johnny uh, that we have 56 shares. Wow, that's incredible. That that's actually great news. I have seen some of those as well in some of the local shops uh, in Habitat Gray. Some of the small businesses have have collection points as well that they've actually put together a box, uh, you know, for the library. So that that that's a great program, and that really helps out uh, a lot. And um, I'm sure your wife and you, are, uh, Bob, are aware of the groundbreaking ceremony that just took that just took took place over at Perry Point. 
uh, where they're trying to do some restoration of some of those ha- those, those homes over there for uh, veterans who who are in need. Yeah, um, 75 or 78 new. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a huge undertaking, and um, um, most of that's been done or going to be done through donation, um, through through in kind donation. So there's no in, there's no impact on the community other than other than bringing more people in, you know into the community itself. Uh, yeah, and, and the interesting thing that I, I, I never would have considered, and it surprised a lot of people, but it makes sense once you hear it, is the folks at Perry Point have told us that duffel bags and suitcases are very important because yeah. uh, a, a large percentage of the residents slash patients at uh, the medical center, um, or it, it's really transitional housing for them. Yeah. So when they yes. do need to move and uh, hopefully have a, a found more permanent um, housing, they often they didn't show up with duffel bags and suitcases, uh, as is often the case. So that's something that's very important uh, to them up there. That um, we have a ton of people now through the county going through their attics and basements and spare rooms, saying, "Do we really need eights?" pieces of luggage there's only two of us <laughs> we're never going on one of those leona helmsley trips where we uh or uh diva trips so um i think we're going to see a lot of suitcases and duffel bags heading over heading up to perry point next week when the library's um finishing up, finishes up its drive no that's a good point bob there there's there's i'm i'm not I'm 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 guilty of it too. I'm I'm not a, a minimalist, even though I'm learning what that term means here lately. Um but one thing that I found other than uh toiletries and, and whatnot, shaving equipment, um uh even hygiene equipment, uh is, is socks. It the the uh socks seem to go quicker than anything. Um and, and what they prefer of course is, is you know, anything maybe new still in the package. And there's there's been a calling. There's a lot of knitters in Hartford County, and uh, I wear a lot of knitted things for my wife. But a lot a lot of, a lot of people were actually knitting uh, socks, and uh, they they go in vast numbers. Wow. So that's one thing for the listeners to be aware of. If if you, <laughs> and yeah, who, who would have, who would have thought it? But uh, I always enjoy putting on a fresh, clean pair of socks, and uh, that's just one of those things that we kind of take for granted. Yeah, it's it's interesting, the list that Perry Point sent us, you could tell some of it is based upon experience. Um, the one thing they say is um, uh, undergarments and socks for male and female veterans. Then in parentheses they have, must be new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, I, and I love the, um, <laughs> no jigsaw puzzles, please. You can imagine the... <laughs> One, the woman up there said to me, uh, have you ever been in a, uh, at a table full of veterans who just did a thousand-piece puzzle and, there's, and the last piece is missing? <laughs> yeah. So no jigsaw puzzles and new socks and undergarments. <laughs> and you, I stopped you. You were actually starting to say something when I was... Uh... No, not at all. I, I'm, I'm actually uh, listening in, 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 intently. Uh, at the same time, trying to recall the uh, the uh, different uh, hotlines here, which I should know these hotlines. Uh, they should be in, in the frontal lobe. But uh, 
But uh, if 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 you uh, if we continue the conversation, I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll, if you hit me again, I'll have the answer. Well, you know what? Let's do this. When we're uh, when we finish the interview, we're still gonna uh, going to be on the air for about um, ten minutes. So if you want to text Jennifer, um, uh, or email Jennifer, um, okay. that that the number or numbers, we'll read them on the air today before we uh, we go off the air, and we'll do it over the next few weeks. Oh, that sounds good. That, because it, it, we, we do get a, a, a lot of contact over, well, most of it is people who actually contact um, Councilman, and I'm, I'm going to plug his name, Councilman McMahon, uh, Harper <clears throat> County. They actually hit him on the street most times, and then he, of course, will text me or, or get in contact with me, and, and then I alert the commission on certain things. Um, that 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 gentleman, you think I'm active? He he he's, he's probably uh, well. I can only hope to be as active as what he is. Yeah, his, he really has no he really has no regard or soft spot for veterans in his heart at all. Does does the does the captain? <laughs> um, I always yeah. say to him, uh, uh, I if I um, want to get you started for an hour, I just have to bring up the word veteran. And, um, oh yeah. And well, we go back races. and forth because uh, uh, also there there's a couple of councilmen up there who who are former Marine. Of course, I was I was in the Army, so we uh, we always have that friendly banter back and forth about which which armed service is the best, and and then the Air Force chimes in, and then it gets really ugly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Navy. They always have that good camaraderie. The Navy and the Army and Marines are united in one thing. Absolutely. That the Air Force people are, are softies. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that true? Careful, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get some phone calls on that one. <laughs> I know. Mm. Um, I was playing cards one one night a few years ago, and it was a, a grunt uh, veteran and a um, an, an Air Force veteran. And the Air Force guy made the mistake of complaining about the hotel they had put them in once when they were at some training. He goes, you got a hotel? <laughs> the guy from the <laughs> Army said, you got a hotel? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. We had to dig foxholes on the outskirts of town. Um, but that's all great. And hats off to our, well, I guess, pardon the pun, to our Navy uh, uh, and Marine folks who are graduating today. And, uh, absolutely. Heading, yeah. heading out to Huge graduation. Um, I love watching those hats go in the air. Oh yeah. Um, and my, well, my my dad was a Navy man on a carrier in World War II for two years, so I have a soft spot for the Navy. Um, and uh, the other thing is, uh, there's a um, what is coming up? Uh, there is the annual annual uh, information fair. Do you have anything? I'm glad you on brought that up. It's it's it is uh, it's it's put on by the commission. Um, with the with the leadership of the county council, of course, uh, but it's the uh, we, we had one last year with, and it was really successful. We're gonna have one this year too, uh, October the seventh. Uh, this year, October seventh, at I think around ten o'clock or ten thirty, at the Armory in Bel Air. And the Armory is a great a great place to have a venue. Uh, we're having the uh, Veterans Fair. And that's what we're calling it. We're trying to keep the the name simple. Veterans Fair, October 7th, and so far, I want to say we've got like 47 different, um, I'm going to call them vendors, but they're people who we've, 
uh, set up along the walls on the inside of it and who have a plethora of, of information um, to give out to veterans when they walk in the door. And it's not just v, it's not just VSOs. It's it, it, it's also uh, we have the Lioness Club that shows up there. We have the American Legion who shows up there. We have the the, the Marine Corps League who always puts on um, you know they're they're, they're raffling off uh, different things. And of course, who doesn't love the Marine Corps uniforms, right? Right. Right. Um, so it and but people can, people really walk in, and we don't really require people to sign in. They sign in if they want to. Uh, people walk in there for different reasons, of course, you know, and um, but they always end up leaving that front door of the armory with a smile that they've actually learned something. That there's there's a takeaway for everyone who walks in the front door. Uh, we can accommodate as many as 500 people in there, in and out. Uh, I want to say last year, I think I think my numbers were just below 200, and they were easily accommodated. And we post colors. We have an opening, a small opening ceremony where we. Uh, honor the flag, honor the colors. Minimal speaking. It's not. A, it's not a political event whatsoever, and uh, it's all geared toward veterans, and and their families. And I, maybe I should say the reverse order because it's 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 families that get the veterans in there. So I say it's for the it's for the veterans of it's for the uh, the families of veterans and the veterans um, to get them in into the door. Oftentimes I'll stand on the outside door because there's always a veteran out there wearing a hat, a logo, or a pin, who is hesitant about walking in there, about walking into a place like that. Hmm. Um, and I've met, I've met different ones who've la- actually landed in Normandy who, who, are look, who, don't even, who don't even know about Perry Point, you know, and um, they don't want to give you your, their name or anything. They're, they'll give you the service number and things like that, but uh, it's, just, it's just a very gratuitous, it's a very heartfelt and gratuitous moment to, to actually shake someone's hand who's, Who's, who's who served in, in, in the conflicts that, that came before me and uh, the, the Vietnam the Vietnam War to shake to, to shake a Vietnam vet's hand to me is a great honor especially you know someone who landed in Normandy that that, that just that just really um, it's really it's really an honor I should say uh, we also get people that come in there from the Maryland House of Delegates I think uh, last year we had. Uh, Legislative District 44B, that's our Baltimore County, actually come up there and sat at a booth. Uh, and I thought that was great. And it, and it was, uh, I think it was Mr. Pat Young who actually sat there the whole day and was able to greet veterans. Um, very, very non-invasive conversations. And, and then veterans open up to you once you refer to them as brothers and sisters. So I'll, I'm, I'm going to plug it again if you don't mind, Bob. That's, that's Absolutely. <laughs> October the 7th, uh, the Veterans Fair, October the 7th in Bel Air at the Armory on Main Street. Is there uh, a place they I, can I, go? I, uh, uh, again, like maybe if, when you send Jennifer that note, is there a website or a number they can call to find out more about that fair? <coughs> there actually is, um, and I can have it to you just, just in a jiffy here because I, I just posted that to our Facebook site. Um, Let's see. We'll, we'll and we'll we'll stick Amber Schroeds and uh, her, sure. her her team at Community Services on 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 this as well, because uh, if they have anything to do with it, every veteran in, in this county is going to at least know about this. Um, so and we'll do our part to make sure that the word is out as well. Oh, I certainly appreciate that. 
Um, we were um, over in Normandy twice at, uh, at the American Cemetery and the beaches and Point de Hoc, etc. It's uh, it's um, it's very powerful, extremely powerful, just to to walk where they walked. Absolutely, it's very it's very it's just, it's very moving. Um, okay, so we're going to. Um, uh, we have to go to break now. Uh, we're going to, uh, and over the next several weeks, we're going to, the information that you get to Jennifer, we're going to just uh, put on the air every week just so uh, so folks know about it. That sounds great. I, I, I couldn't be more appreciative, and, and uh, I think, appreciate for you for reaching out to me. Um, wow. Thank you for what you do, and God bless, God bless them all. Um, one more thing, people, when you get phone calls in the evening, from people saying they're from these these groups that support children or uh, police or veterans, um, ignore them, hang up on them, because it's not a local group. It is uh, I'm going to give you three quick examples. Um, if they are reputable, uh, they're probably not calling you at night. Um, National Veterans Service Fund has raised seventy. Point two million dollars in the past ten years through phone uh, marketing calls. Um, less than one percent of the money they've raised have actually has actually found its way to veterans. The rest is paying commission to the cold calling firm and administrative uh, costs. The Veterans Fund, twelve point six million raised, two point one percent made it to veterans. Are American veterans, 2.6 million, and uh, less than 1% went to veterans. So do it locally. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, or do it uh, for the, uh, the causes that um, have a large percentage of what you give, most of the money of what you give, making it up to the folks who deserve it more than anyone. And thanks again, Johnny, for being on. Oh, my pleasure. And we'll skip the break. Um, what do you think, Jen? And we'll just do some, some library stuff. Sure, sounds good. And um, well, we have one or two other things to do if we have time. It was great to have Johnny on. And um, I just really think that <clears throat> to have 200 at this fair was great. But, but we um, can do more. When we think uh, the numbers he was talking about, he said 24%. Um, um, you know, uh, I think there's a lot we can do to make sure because just as we saw with the family day, the family and children's day that mm -hmm. county government did or the day of action um, that United Way did, I mean, a lot of it is these people just, uh, you know, with, there were 52 teeth pulled at this day of action because they had dentists there and these people have never had access to dentists. Um, uh, so uh, let's do what we can to um, make sure as many veterans as possible know about uh, this uh, veterans fair, especially as, as Johnny said, the families, because there's medical benefits and other benefits that are available, education benefits that are available to vets families that folks may not know about. So, yeah, so it's up to us to, to help get that word out. Amen. Um, okay, so some library items. Um, 
so I guess one of the most exciting things we have going on is we have um, just announced that the library will have new hours beginning July 1st, Monday through Saturday. We will be opening all branches except Darlington at 10 a.m. Um, so you'll be able to get in there um, much earlier in the day. Um, I know that I, I always seem to want to go to my local branch uh, when it's opening late. Um, and I forget to check the website and then I get there and it's not open so I will no longer have that problem. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to opening at 10. Um, so again, July 1st, Monday through Saturday, all branches except Darlington opening at 10 a.m. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So I actually went to the Bel Air branch last month mm -hmm. to renew my library card. Good. And um, the day before I was going to go, I, but I was out about, about 8.30 so, and it says it didn't open until 10. So I go, okay, the next morning I was out and about, mm -hmm. I showed up there at 10.30, mm -hmm. and it was open till 11 that, uh, opening at 11 that day. So I'm right. very glad to hear that. Yep, yep, we just, <coughs> we're just, um, I mean, we, that's our role. We want to be available for our community, and we want to make it easy for you, and, um, and we're there, so we want you to be there. Excellent. Um, okay, so we also have our Summer Reading Challenge kickoff coming up. Please mark your calendars. It's Monday, June 19th. Um, we're going to have celebrations at a couple of the event, uh, a couple of the branches. Um, so Bel Air and Edgewood branches will both have some really fun activities happening that day. Um, we do have early registration for summer reading already happening now. Um, so check our website, go into your local branch, talk to um, the staff there, and, and they can help you uh, get signed up um, for that. And, and last year, I love hearing this. The number last year was seventeen thousand kids registered for this summer reading program last yeah, year that's astounding it is it's amazing and such a good impact and i just i mean as a as a book lover i am just always excited when i can see someone else uh, getting the youth excited about reading my nephew loves summer reading he's always looking forward to um, signing up he loves to complete so he gets his t-shirt like it's it's good fantastic um, and then I also just wanted to remind folks, you mentioned it um, during during the interview with Johnny, um, our donation drive to benefit Perry Point VA Medical Center. Um, you can drop off items at any library branch through Wednesday, May 31st. Um, we have a list um, of items available on our Facebook page and on our library website at um, hcplonline.org. We also have these flyers posted with the donation boxes in all of the branches. Please, folks, if you haven't already, take a look. See if there's anything that you um, have at home or any items that you might be able to stop and pick up and just drop off um, over the weekends or early next week while you're out. Um, this is just, it's just a worthy cause, and, and we're really excited to be a part of it, and we want to make sure that we, um, as a community, can just um, give the, the best donation that we can. So we'll be dropping them off at the end of the week uh, at Perry Point. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we're going to have, um, I think we're going to need a tractor trailer. I'm, my dad drives one, so we're good. Okay. And hopefully we do, uh, but the response has been great from folks. Yep, we will make sure that they get there. And let us, um, we have a minute left, let, let us end uh, on something light. Um, classified ads, um, I love um, these little uh, um, compilations of classified ads that either, they just, 
I don't know what they were thinking when these folks put this in. Maybe it was a case where the newspaper heard them wrong. Or they, whatever. But I, I want to read a few. Um, found. <clears throat> Dirty white dog. Looks like a rat. Been out a while. Better be reward. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nordic track. $300. Hardly used. Call chubby. <laughs> Full size mattress. 20 year warranty. Like new. Slight urine smell. Oh, gross. Why would you put that in there? And it, I mean, why sell it? Um, Yorkshire Terrier, free, eight years old, unpleasant little dog. Um, free puppies, half Cocker Spaniel, half Sneaky Neighbor's dog. And um, uh, 1983 Toyota Hunchback, $2,000. Instead of a hatchback, I guess. Yes. And we just heard from Johnny. It's Vet Commission at HartfordCountyMD.gov. That's V-E-T-C-O-M-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at HartfordCountyMD.gov um, to find out uh, know, some of the resources that are available, find out more about the fair. So take, get that website to any of the uh, friends that you know that um, are vets or no vets and Let's make sure that um, uh, if people aren't taking advantage of these things, it's not because they don't know about it. And um, I think that would be a big difference that we could all make. Okay, and that's all the time we have for the Hartford Edge this week. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week.